Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I am Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. Uh, I'm going to do my plug up the top because then I have uh, something uh, to say and I don't want to put my plug in the middle of it, basically. So uh, I have a brand new show that is starting at the Melbourne Comedy Festival on uh, March the 27th. It is called Will Informed and it is brand new. It is the first time in a very long time that I will be debuting a show. The first night in Melbourne, uh, Wednesday the 27th, will be the first time. The show is done uh, in full and um, it's a preview night and then Thursday is a preview night and then Friday is technically opening night. But I would say the show will change a fair bit in the first week and a half, two weeks. So if you're one of those people who likes to come along and see an early version of the show and then see what it becomes, book early and then book late in the run. If you're a sort of person who only wants to see the show once it's completely done, Book for the final weekend. I'd, I'd lock yourself in for the final weekend now. Get those tickets before everybody else cottons onto that and books for the final weekend. Uh, but hopefully it's going to be fun. And uh, so anyway, comedy.com.au. Uh, Will Informed is the name of the show. And it'll be touring to other places around the country very soon. So here's what I want to say about today's episode. It's a two-parter and it's in reverse order. But I recommend that you listen to, well, you're already listening to this episode. I'm hoping that you're listening to this episode first. In fact, you know what? I'm going to have to do an intro for the second episode. And in that, I'm going to have to say, if you're listening to this first, don't be listening to this first. This is unnecessary information for this podcast. You're already listening to this one, and this is the correct order to be listening to it in. So again, probably unnecessary of me to say that. But anyway, Dan Sultan is my guest. I recorded an episode of the podcast, which is the second one, not this one. Again, I'm really confusing you more by talking about this. Uh, about eight months ago, nine months ago. And then in that week, uh, some crazy stuff happened in uh, Dan's life. And we decided uh, mutually not to put out the podcast. Uh, we'd been sitting on it. It was still a podcast that I thought that people would really, really enjoy. But um, we decided to sit on it for a while. And then when I wanted to put it out this year, I thought that it might be interesting to contact Dan and see if he would come in and do a little intro for the podcast to put it in context. Uh, Dan was very nice and agreed to do that. That intro turned into an hour-long podcast of its own, which is what you're about to hear now. So this is the update on what has happened to Dan's life since then and the changes that he has made in his life. I won't try to give too much of that away now. You can just listen and hear that. And then you will have the opportunity to go back and listen to the one that he recorded eight months ago. I recommend you do it in that order. There you go. That's my serving suggestion. Listen to this one first and then go back and listen to the old one. But I guess, you know, who am I to tell you what to do? You can do it in whatever order you decide to do it. This is my preferred serving suggestion, but you know, who am I to tell you what to do? Anyway, enjoy this podcast. That's what I'm telling you what to do. Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I am Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. Now, here's an interesting thing that's happening today. Um, over the years, there's been a whole bunch of podcasts that at the end of them, I've felt like I haven't had enough time with the person and I've said, let's make sure we do a part two. And so far, that has not happened with anyone. But I remember thinking when I spoke to this person, oh, gee, be good to sit down and have a part two. Weirdly enough, today... <laughs> You're going to hear the part two before you hear the part one because... Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Oh, it's... Yeah, absolutely. You're We're the George it. Lucas of podcasts. <laughs> Hang on. I haven't introduced you yet. I've, I've got to say this. I'm going to do it the same way as usual. Who are you? 
I'm Dan Sultan. Now, okay, now that we've got that out of the way. Sure. So uh, we recorded a podcast, uh, I guess, mid last year. And it was, it was so fun. And uh, you came over to my house and we had a, a really lovely afternoon having a chat. And it was one of my favorite ones I've done, actually. And uh, later on that week, uh, some stuff happened that we will get to. But I wanted just to explain this to the audience for a bit because I ended up having, uh, you know, quite a long break from doing the podcast after that because uh, we'd gone through a little period where I was starting to think the podcast was cursed. I was starting to think that I was inviting my friends onto the podcast (laughs) and then some bad shit would go down in their life. And this one was particularly close because we'd recorded the podcast only a few days before, you know, what happened happened. So... Uh, you know, we might as well dive in the deep end of what happened sure. later on that week and then we can work our way backwards and talk about all sorts of things. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we, I had a great time, you know, and, uh, I guess <laughs> I'd never thought about it in the way of it being cursed. I suppose they had a good time when they found King Tut's tomb as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, look, you know, uh, we spoke about it a bit, which, um, the listeners, if they feel like that will be available um a bit later but um you know i just spoke about um substance abuse and, and addiction and sort of people being there to be able to you know pull you up and not necessarily judge you or anything like that or or uh put you down or have a go but just to you know get you to think about a few things and we we spoke about that from our own personal experiences you know some recent some not so recent and uh yeah later that week or I think yeah I think it was at the end of that week I um I had a really terrible show up in far north Queensland where you know I went on stage drunk and you know you, you could you sort of got people sort of get away with it over the years and there's sort of that cliche bullshit line about rock and roll and all of that stuff um, but you know, this was, this was particularly bad and, um, yeah, it got a lot of, uh, publicity and a lot of coverage. I mean, which, you um, know, in itself is like, I mean, if there's one place that you could normally get away with being a bit drunk, it's North Queensland. Well, <laughs> like normally, yeah, their barrier of what they think's a bit drunk is you know, a, a little bit higher. I'm on a very tender thing with North Queensland <laughs> at the moment, so I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, oh, even North Queensland thought you were drunk. No, but, um, <laughs> you must've been, but, um, yeah. And basically it just brought ahead, you know, a thing for me that is something that I've, you know, need, needed to deal with for a long time, you know, and it's something that's really, really common and really dangerous, uh, within a lot of ind- industries, but, you know, uh, particularly show business you know, and particularly the creative arts, you know, a lot of uh, creative people and writers, uh, you know, have a really hard time with addiction and, um, you know, can really cook themselves. And, you know, I was certainly doing that. I wasn't, I wasn't very healthy and, you know, there are a lot of things that were really good in my life, but there are a lot of things that, um, that weren't, you know. It's it's interesting to me the you know, you just to speak about the relationship that our industries, the entertainment mm. industries in particular, but like live, the live touring part of the entertainment industry in particular, where, yeah. you know, every night, Saturday night, and, it's a party, you know, you it's know. a party. The audience are having a party. Mm. You know, it feels in tune for you to go and have a bit of a party with them, you know, like 
uh, and I mean, you know, even just from a performance point of view, if they're all in the crowd drinking and, you know, you know, singing along to your songs and whatever, it feels quite natural, you know, to be up there, you know, there's never been a Saturday night that I've done stand up comedy that I wouldn't have had a couple of beers. Yeah. People in the audience are having some beers. We're having a fun time together. Yeah. You walk into any green room, you walk into any backstage area, these things are so much part of the fabric of our, our industry. Yeah. And look, it's just about, you know, it is, but at the same time, you know, we're professionals and there's been, you know, more times than not that, you know, I know, and I haven't, you know, I know not to, and I, and I haven't been drunk (laughs) while I'm at work, you know, and when you say it like that, you know, you know, when you're pissed at work, essentially that's what it is, whether you're a singer or whether you're an electrician or whether you're, you know, whatever you're doing, a, com- a comedian, you know what I mean? It's just, it, it, everything's better if, if you're lucid, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is, yeah. you know, and it's just, it's so important. And, uh, there's this cliche and this kind of thing about rock and roll and, you know, touring and being on the road and all that bullshit, you know, and it's, uh, some people... And I'm not going to get stuck into anyone here because, you know, it's not about judgment. But th- there are some people, you know, who over the years have kind of played up to that. And um, it's it's not a badge of honour. It's it's just uh, something that's really dangerous, you know. And it's something that uh, that a lot of people need help with. And, you know, I certainly did. And look, if I'm honest, if, if it didn't get such, you know, I mean, that's some of the biggest coverage I've ever gotten. You know, mm. and I've, and I've, and I've made, you know, mm. I've worked really hard on beautiful pieces of music, right? you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's like some, I got, I got, you know, I get as, as much coverage for that as I did for, for some really great stuff. But, it, you know, I will say this as well. It's, it's not something that, um, that I'm going to let define me, you know, uh, it's not something that, uh, that I made a habit of and that I was. I was, it certainly wasn't something that I was proud of, you know, and, um, you know, there are going to be some people who just, who, who will just see me as that, you know, but I think that says more about them than, than anything else. But for me personally, if it didn't go as sort of crazy as it went, uh, publicly, uh, and in the media and everything like that, then I don't know if I would have done anything about it, you know, and I sit here today talking to you, you know, just over eight months sober and. You know, I've got a really beautiful life. I've got a baby on the way, you know. I've been uh, healthy and um, sober for about, you know, two or three months before we got pregnant. You know, my partner who doesn't face the same issues that I face with addiction, you know, was totally supportive and there, there wasn't any, you know, we'd have a glass of wine, you know, and stuff like that in the house. And every time I'd have a drink, it wouldn't turn into something crazy. What it was, it was two years of complacency going, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know what I mean? And then it would just be every 18 months, there'd be some fucking, you know, blow up, you know, whether, whether the newspapers knew about it or not, you know what I mean? And if looking back and, you know, I went to rehab, you know, and looking back and you do an inventory, you know, on a a lot of stuff, which, um, you know, isn't easy. But looking back, there were, you know, many times it would have warranted me taking, um, taking those steps, you know. And uh, I think, you know, the ego comes into it, definitely. And it being out there now and, you know, and it being so public for those two or three days, I mean, I received, you know, 
thousands of messages um, and hundreds of, from people that I knew. There were people that, um, you know, a couple of people that I didn't really get along with and we kind of stayed out of each other's way a bit who got in touch, you know, with supportive messages. You know, there were the, the support I got was, uh, was amazing. And there were noticeably some people who I thought were my friends who didn't, you know, so that's sort of interesting as well. But that's okay. I'm not um, holding any resentments or anything. I mean, that stuff makes you sick, you know. But that's what I was doing. I was holding a lot of resentments. I mean, I just, my album, uh, Killer, from a couple of years ago, I personally felt that that was the best thing I'd done. And I felt that it didn't get the recognition that it deserved. And I also felt that in my career, I hadn't got the recognition that I felt that I deserved, um, which I do kind of still feel, <laughs> you know. Um, but I'm not letting it, you know, um, make me sick anymore, you know. And, uh, yeah, so there are a lot of things sort of adding up to that. But, you know, the happiness that I feel now and, uh, you know, the health, <laughs> you know, the health aspect of it. Look, once I found out we were having a baby, I went to the doctors and I got a, all my blood's done and everything like that, which I should have done over the years. I'd done it a couple of times. But, you know, I hadn't done it for a long time and I was like, all right, you know, and I, I hadn't had a drink or anything else. I'll just say that much <laughs> for uh, about three months at that stage. So I know that I'd done a big detox and I'd been taking care of myself a lot better than I had in a long time and everything came back really good. I mean, I was really healthy, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, it kills people and it kills people, young people and it kills older people and it kills women and men and you know and it in a lot of different ways um you know it's mental illness that um manifests itself in a really dangerous physical way you know whether it's your liver or your kidneys or your heart or lungs or you know it's it's really full on so you know I really feel like over the years and particularly um in the last year you know I feel like I've uh, dodged a massive bullet you know and I feel very good about it and I can also feel the the sort of mental side of things changing like when I first stopped drinking I mean I, I'm, I'm a smoker I'm, I'm in the process of quitting but I haven't quit but I'm, I, I don't want to be a smoker by the time my baby comes so I got a little while so I'm, <laughs> I'm having a few I tell you what I should have bought stocks in the particular brand of cigarettes I, I smoke and I should have brought stocks in Dilma as well <laughs> because I've had a lot of cups of tea and I've had a lot of, lot of cigarettes since. But, um, yeah, yeah the, the cigarettes can be, I mean, well, even in, in a rehab situation, I've, I've had some close people to me, you know, mm. go to rehab and they said, like, you know, because a lot of the places just, you know, you're working on one addiction at a time. That's you know, right. You work on the one that's the most dangerous to you at the time first. And that's it right. often means that, you know, your smoking goes through the roof. <laughs> go and have a cigarette. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then come back, you know. Um, um, so, yeah, okay. Yeah. It, there's so much in, in what you've said, but I just wanted to let, you, let you say it, you know. And um, things are much better, I'll say that. Yeah. So let's, I, I'd prefer to start there for a bit sure. before we kind of, you know, pick unpick some of the other stuff. Who, <clears throat> other than, so eight months sober, you said, is that mm. right? Yeah. Um, so what, what do you see as the major differences? I mean, you know, obviously you're not, you know, you're not drinking, right? Mm. But, but that's not, it's not just the drinking that's becomes the issue, obviously. No. Like, you know, so what is different about you now 
to who you were eight months ago that you've discernibly noticed yourself? Um, well, I guess physical side, it's about 15 kilos, which is great. Wow. You know, and just dropped off from not drinking. Well, not just that. I mean, what then not drinking did is meant that it meant that, you know, I was not hung over, which meant, you know, basically I did two years of, you know, I used to exercise quite a bit for a while. Then I did two years of, of just, you know, of not. And, um, we, uh, were on holiday last year. This is before I stopped drinking and we were up in the Kimberley and we <laughs> went on like a scenic helicopter ride and they got to weigh you, right? you know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I was about 117 kilos, you know? And when I was younger, I mean, I got up to about 135 when I was about 17, 18 years old. I was always a really big kid, you yeah. know, at high school. And so it's something that I've always been pretty sensitive about. And then, you know, I'm just, uh, so what that meant is that I had a lot, you know, I just had a lot of motivation and also, you know, so I started just uh, exercising again. And when you don't eat for a couple of days, cause you're getting into it, you're getting stuck into it, you know, and then you kind of just sit around for another few days, just eating shit and, you know, just with anxiety and you don't want to leave the house, you know what I mean? You don't do anything. You're just sitting on the couch. I mean, you know, you can put on, it can go on pretty quick you know so there was that you know but I've still got a ways to go I, I, you know I'm just it's just about just being healthy in general look I'm I'm healthy and everything's fine and I'm in really good shape but um you know I just want to I'd like to lose about five more or something like that you well, know well uh, I imagine the prospect of a, a kid on the way um you know puts you in that mindset of going I need to be nimble enough to look after a child too yeah and I want we're having a girl, a little girl. I want her to um, grow up in a house where, you know, it's a healthy, active house, you know. Look, you know, I won't get right into it, but in my family there were certain issues. I mean, there's a lot of depression in my family and there were, there were you know, there were times when, you know, the diet wasn't, wasn't very good when I was growing up. And look, my parents the best they could so and they're great and I love my parents so I'm not getting stuck into them that's not what this is about but you know they gave me a better childhood than they had and I you know and that's the that's the whole idea I think for anyone who's who's having kids or had kids you know what I mean you want to just keep moving forward and, and evolving and yeah I want my daughter to grow up in a house where you know it's a healthy active peaceful place you know, and a big part of that is obviously me being healthy and active and peaceful, you know. Um, sometimes when you, you make the decision to do something like this, mm. um, or the decision is made on your behalf, but you have to still be open enough to, you know, go, okay, well, like this well, is the yeah. time, this is the, you know, the, you know, maybe I missed the last five times where the universe sent me the sign that I was meant totally. to be, but this one hit. Yeah. And if it wasn't going to be this one, the way I was living, there was another one coming. And, and just get you know more what? intense, yeah. You know what? This one, actually, at the end of the day, you had, you know, a, t a bad gig one night. You know, I think that's a thing that in your life people, you know, will more easily forgive you for than you will forgive yourself for, if I can offer that mm. from the outside. I well, think, I hope so. I think we've all, if you talk about the idea of, you know, that it's not right to be pissed at work, which I think is probably a fair enough you know, <laughs> yeah. thing to say. yeah then I think that everyone can also relate to the idea that we've all had a shocker at work one day, yeah. you know, and that's what you did at the end of the day, mm. you had an absolutely shocking day at work one day and we've all had that yeah. and we've all done that. And it doesn't, 
a lot of people, you know, in our lives, we're going to make mistakes. You know, all of us, we're human beings. And, you know, the thing that terrifies me now, because I'm 45 now, just turned 45, which means I'm officially middle-aged now, mm. right? I'm a middle-aged white straight man. I'm literally the poster definition You're of the, the problem with the world. You're right? the guy. Um, yeah. What am I doing yeah, here? I know. Terrible. Oh. The <laughs> point being that we probably get forgiven more mistakes than anybody. That's been the story of the world, right? You know, you can afford to be, if you're a, you know, straight white, you know, middle-aged man in this generation, you get a lot of second chances. You make the rules. You know? Right. Not everybody else gets so many second chances. Mm. I think we have to live in, I think we have to work out how in the world that if people genuinely want to make up for fucking up, that that's something that we celebrate and we encourage because mm. otherwise people don't have any incentive to get better from when they're fucked up. And it, you know, you can't live to be 45 years of age like me and not have fucked up some major shit along the way and some shit that will haunt me for my entire life. And I've behaved to people in ways that I, that they probably will never forgive me for. And the only way that I could, um, you know, ever, honor the pain that I've caused them is to try to never cause that pain again to other people. Yeah. Like, you know, some things that I've fucked up aren't fixable other than that. I try not to do it again, do it again. Yeah. You know? And so when you decided, okay, well, this is it, this is the wake up call. Yeah. yeah. Partly because of the you know embarrassment you, I've been the center yeah. of things like that before. And it's, it's no fun when Ugh, everybody's talking about you and, you feel the need, like you probably feel like going, well, that bit's not right. And that bit's completely right. But you know that there's nothing healthy to be like, you've just got to let it be what it is. Mm. You know, um, some days you, you just get a slow news day and you're the story, right? You know? Yeah. But it, that's just life. That's just how it happens. And you have to deal with it. Yeah, you, exactly. The and next that, and that's step. such a huge part yeah. of everything as well. It's just, and I'll just, just yeah, quickly, no, like please. that is a huge part of recovery and, and being better and also just being better anyway. Regardless, whether you're whether you're an addict or not, just getting around and not having that fucking sense of entitlement and that chip on your shoulder that I spoke about. It may be that my album, you know, is good enough to have gotten more than than what it got, and that I'm and I'm good enough to be to be sitting in a, in a different place to where I am. That may be the case, but you can't just walk around being a dickhead about it. You know what I mean? Right. It's simple as that. It doesn't know? help. It doesn't help, and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. You know, so that's a huge part of it. You're right. You know, sorry. Yeah, no, I agree with yeah. you though. Cause like, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's something that we all struggle with because yeah. we want to be salt and be entitled. And if we have put your know, work in, a, like it's natural to feel that way, mm. but there's just got to be a point in your life where you realize it does no one any good no. because it's not like everybody else goes, Oh, Dan's a bit grumpy. His album, oh, we better go and buy it now. Oh, everyone like, better go buy it. <laughs> And we're here in the, in the buildings of a particular radio station. Everyone in the radio, oh shit, we better just play it all just, day, yeah. every day now. Every day. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, oh. we didn't realise. Oh, we didn't realise that oh. hurt Dan's feelings. Sorry. Oh, you know, <laughs> shit. So you think he knows? Guys, oh, let's have a gonna, meeting. It's going to be okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't help <laughs> and it doesn't help you. No. That's the other thing. That's right. And yeah. particularly as a piece of art, a piece of work, you know, we hear these, like you can't think of this at, at the time. But you know, the Velvet Underground album, first one sold 30,000 copies or whatever the legendary story is, yeah. right? Sometimes things become classics well after the time that they were released well, or made. Well, that's hoping. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Based on this. Based on this. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, so it's going to become, okay, great. I'll hold you to yeah. that. I noticed how uh, resentful you said <laughs> and I organized this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, 20 years time, I've organized it. Did you, uh, I guess what I want to ask is, um, uh, in the best way I can, 
is how was that time when it first, you know, now you've given us the context of where you've Mm. come since. Just can you remember what it was like right at the time when it happened? Like what it was like to go through? It was horrible. I mean, there was, there's this thing that I would put myself through, which is, you know, a few days, you know, partying. And I say that, um, and I'll just, you know, clarify that, that gives it a, you know, poppers and, you know, and confetti kind of vibe, you know, but what that was, was that, that was then, you know, a week of sweats and anxiety you know, and full on. And basically I was flying to, from Cairns and I was flying to Sydney to catch up with a friend and we were going to go out, you know, and that's what was happening. And anyway, the phone was going off and the papers were going off and rah, rah, and we stopped in Brisbane on the stopover and I just didn't get on my flight to Sydney and I just went to the hotel next to Brisbane airport Mm. and I checked myself in and I actually had a Heineken in the bar downstairs and then went upstairs and then my phone was blowing up and everything like that. And I just drew the curtains and, um, my now fiance and mother of my child and, you know, best friend just got on a plane and came up and we sat in the hotel room with the curtains drawn for, you know, two or three days, you know, and just watched tally and ate food and, you know, basically while I, you know, uh, detoxed and sort of came, came off it, you know, and it was, it's a, there was, so there's a real physical side to that with the sweats and shakes and anxiety and, you know, feeling ill and, you know, all of that stuff, um, you know, top of with, uh, you know, not wanting to see any of the newspapers and, you know, I sort of saw one newspaper, my photo was there and, it was about something completely unrelated to my show and what had happened, but that was used as a bit of a, you know, catalyst or whatever to talk about this, why, you know, certain part of the community community gets funding to create stuff if, you know, they're just going to do that with it, which, you know, is horrible. And I will say, this is something that went through my mind then, and it's something that still goes through my mind. It doesn't mean that I'm much... Ha- that I'm, that I'm not happier for where I'm at, and it doesn't mean that I didn't need to do something about it. But there's a fucking huge double standard, right? You know, a young Aboriginal man does it, and it's a big issue, and, oh, you know, funding and blah, blah, blah. You know, whereas you get a sandy-haired surfy band on the, on the main stage at Splendour pouring beer all over themselves and chucking beers out to fucking 14-year-olds, and no one blinks a fucking eye. You know what I mean? So there is a huge double standard. Look, I was using that in- internally... And externally at the time as to say, well, what's the matter, you know, and I'm not using it in that way anymore, you know, because there was something the matter and I needed to do, and I need to do something about it and I'm doing something about it. So I'm not using it like that anymore, but I, th- I, th- I will just say I that, think it's fair you know? to say that many things can be true at the same time. Exactly. You know, yeah. like it can be true that you, you know, it was a situation that you had to deal with personally and also be true that it was blown out of proportion because of the colour of your skin and certain aspects of the community who like pursuing certain lines that right. it fell into their narrative and that there are complete double standards to, yeah. you know, Ozzy Osbourne sculling bottles of bourbon or whatever on stage and, and, you know, and whatever happened. Like, I think that, I don't think one of those things in any way negates the other things no. from being true. That's right. They're not mutually exclusive or, yeah, exactly. And, 
you know, so I, you know, there was a lot going on. There was a lot of shame, obviously, you know, yeah. uh, a lot of anxiety. Um, and do you feel in that time, and again, I'm just, you know, probably asking this from my own personal experience of going through, you know, embarrassing moments, um, you know, where yeah, everybody has an opinion about the way that you behave. Mm. Is there, I mean, I, the thing that I would always say to someone is, so the, in, in some ways the mean stuff doesn't really hurt as much because there's nothing anyone could be saying like uh, about me that I'm not thinking a hundred times worse yeah. because they only have this example. I, I'm now prosecuting every shitty thing that I've ever done in my entire life mm. through this prism of, of, of shame. Uh, you had someone there with you. So I think that's a, I mean, obviously a pretty important thing not to be going through that by yourself at the time i didn't want that as well right you know because that's the addiction it, it sort of tells you what you need to be doing and it's like it makes you feel better about okay if that happens then that'll be good and if i can just do this then that'll be good and that's all the wrong stuff if i can just be on my own no one will know if i just sneak a drink or if i just rah 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 oh and that'll be good you know what i mean it's, it's a powerful thing you know and of course you know better and you do better if you're lucky enough to be able to you know um, a lot of people aren't. So, so tell me what happens next then. I guess that's what I'm, you go from that. Mm. How soon is it before you go, I have to really now serious, like, well, I mean, when do you start to go now? I have to deal with what the rest of my life looks like from, you know, next week, mm. next month ongoing. Yeah. Well, I, um, so I was there for a couple of days talking with my manager a lot, <laughs> you know, a lot, um, you know, who, you know, is experienced in this stuff as well. Um, and I won't go right into that, but no. you know, he knows, he knows a lot about this stuff being in the industry that he's in and, you know, knowing the people he knows and also, you know, just family and whatever. And, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of people know about this stuff, you know, um, and he's one of them. And also, you know, we love each other and he's, you know, he's a very nurturing person, you know, um. So I was talking with him a lot, but I got picked, we, me and, uh, my now fiance, uh, flew home to Melbourne. I got picked up by my dad and my brother and I went straight to the rehab facility and had a, had an assessment. And then I think that was a Wednesday. And then I went in there as a day patient. So I stayed at my own house. Mm -hmm. I got up in the morning, got in there by nine thirty in the morning and then I was home by sort of four thirty, five o'clock each night, which was really good. Although if he had told me that I needed to do, and I did a month, I did 20 days, so not on weekends. If he had told me I needed to do 90 days inpatient, I mean, I was at the point where I was just going to do it because basically I, you know, I had an overseas tour booked. I had a lot of things. I had labels here and in, and in the States and in Europe. Um, you know, I had another project that I was looking to get started on, you know, which had just been given the green light. You know, um, and, you know, I, I was expecting to lose at least one of those things, if not, if not all of them, you know? So basically I was, you know, it was a bit of, well, I'll just do what they say I need to do and then I can just continue, you know, mm -hmm. which is very common, you know? And I went in there and he said, just come in, you know, you need, he was the, the guy who was, who was awesome, uh, said, you know, well, I think you need to do the 20 day thing and if you get to the end of that or if we feel that you need more 
then, you know, we'll look at that then, but this is what you need to do. So I then, um, started the next Monday. And the thing is, it was my fiance's birthday that weekend. So she had a pretty shit birthday. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, I mean, I went up the IGA and got like some, you know, carrot cake or something, you know, and it was just like, it was horrible for her. And, uh, She's an amazing person. She's a healer, you know. And it's going to be, um, and her the birthday this year is going to be, I mean, beautiful. But also, there's a chance it could be pretty horrible as well because she might be in labour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a weird thing as well. Our baby might come on on the day that yeah that gig was on. You know, she's due around that time, which is freaky. So, <laughs> it's so awesome though. When in the process, uh, and again, I don't like if any of this is, you know, if we get into anywhere sure, too personal, right. please. Yep. But I often, I think from my experience, like you said, you're in this industry, but to be honest, if you're just in life, I think that, you know, alcohol in particular is an addiction is something that is so widespread across our society that if you mm. live for long enough, chances are that you've, you know, run into someone who's, you know ended up having a problem in that area. That's right. And it can be a very hard thing to break. And it looks uh, different from person to person. Yeah, exactly, right? You it, know, There can be people that, you know, there are friends of mine I know that drink a lot more than I drank because I wouldn't drink every day and I didn't need to drink every day. You know, I didn't have that physical thing, you know. But they're, you know, they're fine right. and they're healthy. So it's not necessarily, about, you know, but yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. So uh, he won't mind me saying this because uh, he uh, posted publicly about it and he talks about it quite a lot. But my friend uh, Cam Knight is two years sober, just posted about it recently. And, uh, you know, I've known Cam, you know, before he decided to get sober and, you know, afterwards. And, you know, his life and his world and his everything about him just shines 100% brighter, you know, Mm. since he made this decision, you know. Uh, But... You know, he was the life of the party in the day, you know. So I think sometimes one of the hardest things can be what do you do now in the time when you used to, you know, drink or go Mm. out or party? Because your friends might still be doing those things. It's not like they're all suddenly going to change their world and their life as well. And they often say with, you know, like particularly with like, you know, uh, heroin addicts and people who have – those sort of things is one of the hardest things is your social group ends up mostly being heroin addicts. And when you get clean, you go back home and all your mates are still doing heroin. Mm. You know, how did you, uh, change the way you were living your life or realize you needed to kind of fill the gaps where that would have been in your life? Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't go, I don't, obviously I'm not out late anymore, which to be honest, I mean, if you're not pissed, it's pretty shit anyway. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the good news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've I've since moved I've since moved to Sydney, and uh, so I'm staying in a hotel here yeah. in Melbourne. You know, which is a nice novelty. I'm you mo- you moved to somewhere where they've got lockout laws that yeah, shut that's everything right. early. I got to move to Sydney. This is serious. <laughs> yeah, I need to stop drinking. That's that sounds like a good batuta. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I um, you know. So I'm staying in a hotel here in Melbourne and I got in pretty late. We played a show last night and I got in pretty late, blah, blah, blah. And it was, I was walking through, <laughs> going through the city and I was just like, 
oh, this is fucked. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I tell you what's really good for anyone who who's quit drinking and they they need to they need those sort of reinforcing things to you know uh, come up throughout. You know, you always want these things to sort of help you out. You know, but one really good thing is you know a couple of months ago I played a show in Brisbane and me and some friends wanted something to eat afterwards. So look, if you want to quit drinking. Just walk through Fortitude Valley sober at fucking <laughs> 11 o'clock at night. You know, I reckon that, that, that gave me the strength for another couple of months. That thing, it was just like, oh, you're, fucking, you're all fucked. And I'm, I won't lie to you. It's kind of, you know, you have these sorts of like, oh, God, I'm just so much better than you now. Right. <laughs> Which, of course, you're not. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, I, but I, you just, but you know, when someone who's, who's yeah. pissed, I mean, you know, it's the same thing. People who have an issue with drinking or not, you know what I mean? You know what it's like. I mean, you just, when you're not drunk, it's just really boring and it's not boring because you need to be pissed. It's boring because they are pissed. Yeah. If that makes, if that makes sense. You no, know that makes I mean? complete sense. It's not that I need to be pissed for right. it not to be boring. It's that fucking people who are pissed and great and beautiful live your life. You know, it's just like, oh God. It's only so much. I can hang out and I can spend a bit of time. I mean, you know, look, guys, in, in my band after a show, we'll have a drink and in the van we're having a laugh. And that used to be one of my favourite things is after a show, in the van, you know, talking shit, having a drink, you know. And, you know, it's fine, you know. But, you know, last night it was just like, yeah, I can do it for a bit, you know. Um, but, you know, you get out of the van and get to the hotel room and fucking trackies, you know, bit of telly, you know. Bit of a late dinner. It's beautiful. I'm wearing a lot more trackies these days. Yeah. You know, I've chucked on jeans to come in to see you Thanks, guys. Thanks, I appreciate although, that. Although it's not being filmed. I could have just stayed in my trackies, <laughs> Mate, if I'm honest. I, I'm, I'm barely out of my trackies, so <laughs> yeah. it would have been fine. Trackies are good. I mean, I love... And But the thing is, what, what I'm doing is I'm not, I haven't really changed anything that I'm doing to answer your original question. Mm. Sorry, I'm rabbiting on quite no, a bit. No, it's good. But um, what, I haven't actually changed anything. I'm just um, doing more of things that I used to do and obviously less of things that I used to do. So there's nothing really new there. I mean, I'm just watching a lot more Antiques Roadshow, which I've always done yep. anyway. But now you've really got some extra time to do it. Well, now I remember it. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> thing is, I've, I've, I've been watching repeats for 20 years. It's like now, it's just like, oh, I've seen this one that's worth 10, that's worth 10 pounds, you know. <laughs> um yeah. Uh, what about the shows? Because I guess mm. one of the great fears, and I, I mean, it's not like you were you know, drinking every show or whatever, but one, <laughs> I, I am a person who tends to drink when I work. Mm. I, not all the time, but certainly I would be lying if I suggested that like it and wasn't that the majority mean, of the time. It doesn't mean getting pissed at work either. No, you know it what doesn't. I mean? Which I, I would drink a lot at work as well, you know, yeah. but I would be, you know, yeah. Yeah, there's a difference, totally. but there's been probably a few times where I've, you know, fallen over the edge into because it's not that it's not like suddenly one night you decided to have 12 drinks it's that every night you had four or five and then one night you had eight and you mm. whatever or whatever you yeah. know whatever that that example is yeah it can be the there can be a very fine line it started between, to affect me in weird ways like that yeah. i'll say like the thing is because it would be for three or four three or four three or four and then boom you don't know when that one is going to going to drop that you know the thing is when you don't remember stuff when you're pissed, that's not forgetting. That's actually your brain not taking in that information at the time. So it's different to forgetting. So it's like so full on, 
you know what I mean? And, and dangerous. And I just didn't know. That's the thing. It got to the point. It's like, I would, I, I would start to forget a lot in the lead up to that show and be like, fuck, I can't really, you know, and be pretty horrible as well and do things that were just totally out of character for me that my friends and loved ones would tell me about later. And I'd just be like, fucking hell. And it was getting to a really serious point, you know? So it must be uh, nicer to, because I always think this is like, and we can't always do this. It's not like we're going to go through our lives, you know, and you're going to fuck shit up, mm. you know, going forward. And, you know, like you can't live day to day without, you know, having some negative implant on somebody's life. But there's a difference between unintentionally, you know, affecting somebody else's life and, yeah. you know, putting yourself in a situation where you've negatively affected somebody else's life. Absolutely. And yeah. there must be a little weight off the shoulders. Like, great. you know, you must just kind of feel better in general that you just. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, it's, you know, just that feeling of, fuck, what did I say? What did I do? Which most of the time no one really cares about because everyone else was pissed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's that feeling of, oh, shit, you know? I mean, it's just sort of not, not there anymore, you know? Um, you know, sort of like you said earlier about yourself personally, I mean, I've gone through times, you know, where, you know, I haven't, I haven't behaved very well and I haven't been very, very good, you know, and I've been shitty to people and I've done shitty things and, uh, it's, uh, that's what it is. And all you can do is just try not to do it again. But the thing is with that addiction is <laughs> doing stuff, you know, and it's just like, but you know, the last time you did that really fucking horrible thing, you know, you were drunk. So if you don't get drunk, that's going to really just cut down the chances of that happening if not 100%, at least fucking 90, fucking 8%, you know. Um, oh, yeah. But you get pissed, you know what I right. mean? And, but then you get pissed and then it's like, you know, but you know what you're doing, but that's the thing about the addiction, you know what I mean? And it's just, um, yeah, it's a real load off to know that um, that's something that's not there anymore, you know. And I could always not drink for a couple of weeks and just mm -hmm. I didn't have to. And I could also have one or two beers. You know, so that's what I was saying earlier, like everyone's different, you know, and it, it looks different. I've, I've known someone that would have little vodka bottles that you get on the airplane scattered all throughout the car because mm. they'd top up throughout the day and a highly functioning, successful person, you know, but they would top up throughout the day and it was like, and I'd see that and go, oh, well, I'm not that. And then I'd have other friends that, you know, would drink a bottle or two of wine every night, you know, they'd be in bed by midnight and they'd be up early and, you know, they're highly functioning you know, responsible people, you know, and then I, there was, there'd be a drinker like I was where I could have one or two or I could go a few weeks or I just go, oh, I'm going to have this month off throughout the year. I'd always do July, you know, and I'd always do like an October or something like that. And I'd have, that's good. you know, and just kind of, you know, health wise and stuff. But then inevitably there'd be a night where, you know, it would just, you'd, you'd just have a blowout, which, you know, I didn't think was that much of a big deal anyway. And look, for a lot of people, it's not. To have a big night, but for someone where it starts to affect your life in such a negative way, like me, you know, um, it's bad. <laughs> so, it's bad, okay. Man. Now tell me about the shows. How, how are the shows, uh, different? Have you noticed, you know, it, 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 have you noticed that it's a different feeling for you now performing? Um, well, look, I, you know, generally speaking, you know, look, there were a few in the year leading up to that, we'll call it that show, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
you know, but, you know, generally speaking, you know, I've, you know, I've done whole tours where I haven't, you know, had a drink, you know, because there was a big night on the tour before that where it was like, fuck. And the band members have come up and gone, you know, what do you need, dude? Like, this is not good. You know, all right. Yeah. Next tour. No, no booze. You know what I mean? It's just this constant fucking negotiating and just, okay, rah, 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 you know, and it's just like thinking and it's just exhausting. And if you just don't drink, you know, and I don't want to say that as if it's easy because it's not, you know, but if you don't drink, then you don't have to worry about it, you know, <laughs> um, but I, I'm, the, the shows have been great. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that it's where I'm, I'm actually used to and it's where I prefer to be is just that sober and, you know, all of, and just feeling a lot better. So, and do you feel like you have a, because uh, I mean, obviously one of the things that people always worry about, you know, they associate, you know, you, using all sorts of, you know, uh, stimulants or substances or mind enhancers or whatever they may be. Mm. Um, as part of like the artistic process, yeah, you know, bullshit. Yeah, that's what I was leading. That's what I was saying before. I mean, it's just bullshit. That whole thing is crap. Look, and I've done it and I've had a really great time, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I have absolutely. And, uh, you know, I've had some really, really beautiful times throughout my life doing that, Yeah, you know, um, it's not really with alcohol that that, that, that can happen, but mm. it's a lot of different things. I mean, I've never, you know, there's some things that I haven't gone near, you know, um, but there have been things that I've, that I've done. And things that I've stopped doing because I'm mm. like, right, okay, well, I've done that and I've had some great times and I've, that's it. Yeah. You know, so I use the metaphor. It's a true, true thing that happened to me. I went to Rainbow Serpent in 2007 and I'm really glad I did it and I had a really beautiful time, but I've never been back since and I'm no. not going to go back. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And that's, and that's there and I got the photos and I got the memories. I actually remember it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was young enough to still be able to remember stuff. Uh, when I was in that sort of place, um, you know, but that, then I look at it like that, you know, I've sort of done that and that's, and I don't have any regrets and I'm safe and nothing happened to me or my friends, you know, um, at the time, you know, I mean, obviously I, I went to rehab last year, yeah. so obviously something happened, you know, but that, and it's, it's, it's not, um, the problem isn't, uh, substance specific, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not. You got, you can't drink, but you can do that. It's like, well, the thing is with addiction is you can't do anything, Yeah. you know, and it's everything from work to, you know, a sex addiction to, um, you know, LSD to weed to whatever, you know what I mean? And throughout the years, looking back, once I actually did a lot of work on addiction and my own addiction, it's like, I realized that from a teenager all the way up to I'm now 35, you know, um, you know, there's been a lot of things that I've just gone and obsessed at, you know, and that's the way my head works as well. And that's the way my, my heart works. I'm sort of all or nothing. So what I've needed to do is I've, I've been realistic about it. I haven't tried to change the all or nothing side of my personality because I actually really like that. And I, and it's a big part of who I am and being, and the, and being creative for me and you know, how I work. And cause when I put my head down and I just go like a bulldog at something, I mean, I get it, you know, and I work really hard and I got a really full on work ethic, you know, which is, comes from that same place. So I'm realistic about it. I don't want to change it, but what I'm doing is I'm just pointing that type of energy in the right direction rather than it being in the direction of, oh, tonight we had a couple of beers and just, all right, well, if we're doing this, let's, let's do this. And it turns into two days or even just a massive night, you know, where then for the next week, I'm just a bit like, uh, you know, rather than pointing it in that direction, I'm pointing it in a direction like this year, I've got 
two albums coming out. I'm starting to work on on a show that we're going to hopefully put together to be out next year. You know, a big, beautiful show. I mean, I'm touring overseas, you know, which was all meant to happen last year, but it got put off. I didn't lose any of those record deals that I spoke about, like domestically, internationally. I've got another thing as well, which is involved with a bit of a different record coming out this year. It's not the time to talk about it. <laughs> um, you know, and all that stuff. I didn't lose anything. Everyone just put, let me just put that on hold, get well. And then once I was right to then go back out and start working again, you know, it was all there waiting for me. So that's amazing. I didn't lose my relationship with my partner. It's only gotten much, much stronger. I didn't lose my any relationships with family, professional relationships. I mean, the amount of loyalty that I feel like I've always shown people, and you know what, I've, I've really helped people in the past. You know, I'm going to put my hand up for that as well, as well as just, you know, I was too drunk and I needed help. I'm also a really good person that's helped people and been there and showed up and hardworking. And when everything went down for me and I, and I really needed help and I really needed support and people to put their hand up and show up, even just to just send a text, and then even more full on someone I haven't met, my the guy who runs my label out of New York, you know, for him to just go, yep, we can wait, you know. And now next month I'm going over for the promo trip that I was supposed to go on last year, you know. It's um, it's amazing. Things are amazing. It's incredible. Well, that seems like as good a note as anything to to finish up this part of the chat on. Uh, you can hear the other one um, as well, uh, but this is – I'm so glad that we got to do this. Thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. Um you know, I just like I just think it's really a, a, a fantastic story for you to share with people and to tell. And I think that there is a lot to be said about, um, you know, what you mentioned there at the end, which is that if you spend a lot of your life, you know, fill, filling up the bucket of goodwill, being there for other people, you know, when they're needed, then, you know, human beings will also you know, be there for you when you need them. And so often we feel like they won't. That's right. So often we're scared that, you know, to ask for help and to let other people help us. But um, it, it feels like you're in a really fantastic place. So I wish you all the best of luck with all the projects you seem to have coming up. Yeah. Uh, let us know Stay when we busy. can talk, Let us know when we can talk about stuff so we can plug it all for you. So I, I don't want you to get resentful or entitled. No. <laughs> Why didn't why didn't we plug any of that on Will's stuff? Will, he didn't ask. Oh, it's typical. It's bloody typical. No. Uh, so please let us know when we can do that. And um, all the best of luck with, you know, uh, your, your, your coming daughter and uh, yeah. your trip overseas and everything else. It's mate. already all over with this little girl. For me, I'm just like, yeah. all right, whatever you want. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just like, okay, whatever you want. I'm already sleeping on the couch. My partner... <laughs> My partner has, has trouble, you know, she's at six months and she's, you yeah. know, but really quite pregnant, you know, and she's a big, healthy baby and it's, it's all going great, but she, <laughs> she'll have trouble in bed and I just go, she needs the whole bed. So I'm already on the couch, you know, which is fine, but it's just, it's all over. I'm really looking forward to it. But it's great. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. Thanks.